So it's been about a week that I've been here full-time since last Sunday. Um, it's been great. Put in some hours, and uh, it's, it's become—it um, it didn't start out as a job uh, for me to be hired as the assistant pastor or the worship pastor. It started out as a ministry. Um, a brief introduction, I met Pastor Rex. Um, where did we first meet each other? That was, was that at the zoo? Yeah. He pulled into a blue escape. I drive a red escape. Uh, I had, was getting coffee. He needed coffee. And we met at the zoo. And I played some, um, I played a swing band. Um, all out, you know, spinning around, swinging, swing band. And he sat in and, and uh, we had a chit chat. That was October-ish, maybe. Um, and I said, there's no way under the sun that uh, I'm going to be driving out to Wasion because I lived in Point Place, which is about an hour, five minutes away, one way. God did some amazing things in, uh, in my life, in my wife's life, in our, um, in our ministry. And in, uh, it, it's one of those things where you walk in, walking to an open door, um, not talking about True North right now, walk up to an open door and say, okay, I'd like to come in, and then the door shuts. What? That's weird. Clearly, God has me going this way. So you go this way, and you walk up to this open door that's been open for, I don't know, a year and a half, and the door shuts. What? Okay. So I guess I'm going an hour and ten minutes this way. Is that right? Yeah? All right. I walk through the open door, and God just did some amazing stuff. Um, and there will be lots of times where we can chit-chat and, and talk about m more of those details. But um, the details that I want to talk to you about this morning is how I, myself, am a superhero. It's true. Y'all don't believe me. No, I, I see these blank stares. Nope. He's just using some kind of illustration. Uh, no, I am a, a literal superhero. You know why? Because one, my kids think I am because I can turn a stoplight with my finger. We all know it's timed. We all know how, you know, we, we know how it does. But the kids don't. They think that I lift that, uh, that easy, the, the turnpike gate when I say. They think that's pretty amazing. Rex alluded to this. I can, I can pick up things that they can't even move. I can pick up a, well, a fridge, and Caleb's like trying to push it, and uh, that washer, dryer. You know, I can fix almost anything. Duct tape, super glue. Buy a new one, but don't let them know. So, all that to say, my kids think I'm a superhero, but let me tell you the deep, dark secret, Caleb. I'm going to tell you a secret, all right? I'm not really a superhero. Man, I just shattered his world. <clears throat> I may look like it sometimes. But uh, there's a, there are a couple reasons why I'm not. Let me be serious with you. I, I can't mow the lawn and I can't plant flowers at the same time. I just can't. I can't. Dishes and laundry are my kryptonite. I'm so weak. I'm not a superhero. I have the skill of not being able to tell when a room is dirty. That makes me not a superhero, according to somebody I live with. <clears throat> Obviously, a dirty room needs cleaned, but I just don't see it. I just can't. Well, there's something else that makes us all not superheroes. There's something else in this world that makes us think that even though we might think we are superheroes, that we're really not. And it's really about the heart. What does not make us superheroes? Things like in this world that are false or crooked. Things are that, 
things that are dishonorable, things that are wrong, things that are deluded, things that are ugly or disrespectful, something that's poor or substandard, anything in this world that's shameful. And we can see some of those things in our own lives. I know I can in mine. And it's, it's painful to look at, and, it's, and, it, and it hurts to see, because sometimes you see those ugly things, and you're like, yeah, that's pretty ugly. And then other times you go through a, seri- you go through a little time, and you don't realize that you were ugly, and you look back and say, man, was I ugly. Man, was that disrespectful. I, I don't even see how I was talking to my whoever shamefully or disrespectfully. And... <clears throat> And we're not superheroes because of that. We can't see everything. We can't do everything. Jeremiah chapter 17. I'll pull up a couple of these um, scriptures on slide. And it says, That cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? The weeping prophet here is saying that it's our heart that tells us um, if we're good or bad. That, but the heart ourselves is deceitful. You might think that you're going something great when actually it's pride, something that's disgusting to God. In Genesis chapter 8, <coughs> excuse me, talks about how there's an evil inclination from childhood. The Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, Never again will I curse the ground because of humans. Now mind you, this is right after the flood, right after God saved Noah and his wife and his family and all of the animals. He said, never again, and he's got that rainbow power that we talked about earlier. God put a rainbow in the sky. He said, never again will I curse the ground because of humans, even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood. So our little kids who are angels... They're really something that was designed and built originally to be perfect. And since the fall of man, they have deceit in their hearts. Even if they want to try to please mom or dad or teacher or or somebody, there's still deceit in a heart from our childhood. Luke chapter 6 says this. That a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. But an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So, in your life, obviously we're not talking about the, the beating organ in our body. But the heart of a man, what you put into it is what's going to come out of your mouth. If you put evil things, if you watch evil things, if you listen to evil things, if you're around evil things, what's going in is going to come out of your mouth as something evil. And I know it's a, a, some... It's the shaming, but sometimes we look and, and we see in the mirror that we are disgusting, that we are evil, and we didn't even mean it. Because the way we were born, born into sin, that we are deceitful from childhood. And I'm sorry to hold up a mirror in front of me and in front of us this morning, and on Father's Day say, Hey, fathers, you think you're superheroes, but guess what? Our hearts, they're not where they should be. I'm going to challenge you men on your Father's Day to step it up to show what a real man looks like. (laughs) Somebody got hit. Yeah, Dad. Sorry about that. No, this is something that we need to look at, especially on Father's Day. Some of our father's stories are, are painful. 
they're absent, or they're, um, I don't know, they don't bring positive memories. I can understand that. I literally hated my father for mm, junior through senior high. Like, I wrote papers about how I hated my father. Um, it doesn't help that he was a pastor. I'm a pastor's kid. Um, so when he read and his boss read and the church read that I was not very happy with, with my father, um, that, that created some strife and some pain in our family. And uh, by the grace of God, we've worked through that, and uh, we're going golfing at about three today. So, thank you, Jesus. Um, but there, when, when, we, when we look into this mirror and we just say, I'm a decent husband, I'm, I'm a pretty good employee or a boss, uh, this father thing is, is, I mean, I've learned it, but we have to realize that our hearts initially are deceitful. So let's take that mirror away, let's put that away, and let's look to what a heart is supposed to look like. Know where we find this? I'm giving a pretty strong hint. We find this picture of a good heart in the Bible. Let's refer back to Luke chapter 6. The beginning of that verse said, A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. So if you put positive things in your life, if you put um, love, if you put uh, encouraging things in your heart, guess what's going to come out of your mouth? Positive things and love and encouraging things. When you look at Philippians chapter 4, it says, Finally, brothers and sisters, um, whatever is pure, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is uh, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So when we're thinking about positive things, that's going into our heart. And guess what's going to come out of our mouth? Positive things. If you're putting, uh, I, was, I tried to say that this was going to be a, a PG-ish um, sermon, but I'll, I'll try to use discreet. If you put filth in front of your eyes, gentlemen, filth is going to come out of your mouth. If you put beautiful things in front of your eyes, if you put the Word of God in front of your eyes, beautiful things are going to come out of your heart, going to come out of your mouth going to come out of your actions. Again, in chapter 8 of uh, the book of Luke, this is the whole beautiful story about a farmer casting out seed and where the seed falls. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of, uh, of stories about what, the, what this really means and blah, blah, blah. Like, wh what kind of farmer just throws seed everywhere? I mean, that's not a smart farmer, is it? Some falls on rocky soil, some falls in the thorns. Who's going to plant in thorns? I'm going to. I'm some, but some falls on the good seed, on, on the good soil. The point here is that the, the heart, those are hearts. The ground that is rocky is a heart that's rocky. A ground that is full of thorns is a heart that's full of thorns. And a <laughs> heart that, the good soil is a good heart. So when you hear the positive, it, it grows, it germinates, and, and by the watering of the Holy Spirit and the, and the Word of God, that seed grows. So then out of our hearts and out of our mouths and out of our actions comes good things. The seed, Jesus, this is Jesus speaking, the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the Word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. Every father here has produced a crop a son or a daughter. And that 
is a testimony of what you are putting in and have put in your life from day one. But it's not too late to make a decision to put those things that are true and right and noble in front of your eyes. Now, if you are new to this Christian concept, if God has been something that's been out there and just now is becoming something that you're getting used to, um, something that you, you spend more time thinking and talking about God than normal. Uh, I want to tell you something that sounds a little discouraging initially, but it should be encouraging. Let me back up just one moment. I've been a Christian, quote-unquote, a Christian since I was five. Raised in a church. I was, uh, since my dad was the assistant, he, um, he was there to open the doors so the senior pastor didn't have to. He was there to close the doors so the elders and the other pastors didn't have to. He also led music. Gee, where, where do you think I got it? Um, but I was in church in uh, hearing missionaries because we, we did a lot of evangelism and it was a Baptist church, but they spoke in tongues. So it was like, where am I? I don't know. And, and from, this, from this upbringing, I was in a Christian realm. I listened to Christian music. I, I talked to Christian people, had Christian friends, but I myself wasn't a Christian. And why? Because the Bible says that sin separates us from a relationship with God. I had to deal with my sin, not because my dad did, not because my mom sang in the choir, not because of anything, but I had to deal with my sin. I had to look in the mirror and say, oh, that's ugly, that's sin, it's got to be dealt with. And as a young Christian or new to Christianity, you might think, oh, that's ugly, I was, um, I didn't clean up my dishes after dinner. I don't know. Let's just go surface, right? Next time, I'm going to clean my dishes. Oh, this time I, I broke the speed limit? Next time, I'm not going to speed. And you're going to find this laundry list of things. Oh, I've got to. Oh, I've got to. Oh, I've got to. And you're going to be so tired of fixing your own self, you're going to be so frustrated with the rest of the family, with the rest of the world. You'll be frustrated with God. God, why am I looking at such and I, here I am just trying to fix it all. You're going to want to try to fix it all. But let me encourage you with these words. God has sent you the Holy Spirit to do that work for us. Here is a case in point. I love driving. Driving is great. Windows up, windows down. With uh, sunroof open, sunroof closed. Music blaring, silence. Um, I don't know if I should divulge this kind of information, but I'm going to anyway. Um, I worked, lived in Dayton and worked in a church as a teenager, and uh, I was a wor part-time worship leader, and um, from Dayton to Columbus on I-70, anyone travel I-70 east-west? It's pretty straight. You could pretty much set, what, what's that, the club uh, that protects your car from being stolen? The club, install that in your steering wheel, set that on cruise, and be like, all right, so now what? Because it's a straight shot. When I was younger, to warm up and practice, I literally would roll. I said literally three times already, but I think I'm being literal. Roll down the window, open my guitar case, practice out the window, steering with my knees. Now, mind you, my dad drove from Michigan down to Dayton, Ohio with just his knees. This is in my old sinful days, children. Don't listen to this. Drove, drove with my knees, and uh, on cruise at 65, I would practice my guitar on the highway. Um, not smart. Not smart. But <clears throat> all that to say, I love driving. And 
I H-A-T-E, I spell bad words. H-A-T-E, other drivers. You cut me off. You go f two miles under the speed limit. Uh, I, I cannot. I, that is one of my weakest things ever. Uh, I lose my temper quicker there than any other place, in my opinion. My wife can vouch for that. Maybe I have a correction to do a little bit later. But um, when I drive, I find that I lose my temper much faster. But here's, here's the encouraging part. I will work on my driving, but I will pray that God works on my heart. It is my heart that needs fixed, not my lead foot. You get me? It's not, it's not that my hands need to be in the 10 and 2 position. It's that my mind needs to be on what is pure and right and true and holy. Because when that person cuts me off, you never know where they're going. You never know what they've been through. Maybe they just need that lane. Maybe they need a hospital. Maybe, 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 maybe we don't know. So my track record of yelling at people, oh, I yelled at this old, old lady last week. I really felt bad quickly. She was going the wrong way on a one way. Justifiably right. I'm coming this way, and there's one way, and there's barrels, and there's a sidewalk, and I'm going this way, and she's like weaving in and out of the barrels because she's going the wrong way. So I, I didn't know who it was or what it was, and I just yelled as, as top of my lungs. My windows were closed. She probably didn't hear me, but she saw my face. And, I mean, she was going the wrong way, right? My job to tell her. And, and as soon as the car didn't leave my view, when I said, I just yelled at this old lady. What right do I have? How ugly is that and disgusting? I know I'm using surface illustrations because if you really saw what's underneath, you probably wouldn't want me as your pastor. But that was so painfully disgusting. Here's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit works in our lives. So that when we come into those points, when I fill my mind, when I fill my heart, when I fill my song, when I fill my, my heart with these good things, out of my mouth will come good things. Maybe, honey, this is one way, let's go the other way. Or maybe, God protect her, protect somebody else. Maybe nothing. That hasn't happened yet. I'm praying that way. But later on, I was, I was cut off um, sometimes this week, and I didn't, I didn't say anything. That's a change. It's a big change for me. Um, pulling up to a stoplight this morning, there was a lady that was flashers on, and we, we pulled up, and I slowed down, put my lights on, and said, hey, is there anything we can help with? Um, those are big things for me. Those are steps. Steps that we can talk about in church. So, to the young Christian, or to the mature, you're going to want to try, but mostly we can fail, because in our flesh we will fail. But the Holy Spirit wants to take over. So fathers, you can be a superhero in the eyes of your kids, in the eyes of your spouse even, in the eyes of the world, but you know what that mirror says. You know what your heart is. And you know what you're putting in into your eyes and into your heart in the private and public sections of your life. 
As you saw, there's a, there's a damaged heart and a good heart. A damaged heart has, has clots and fats and, and things that are, are restricting blood flow. But a healthy heart is full of life, the, the blood life, and is able to pump and, and accurately and, and, and successfully supply blood to our entire body. So when you and your life in every facet, in every artery, in every vein is ready to flow with God's love out of your heart and out of your mouth and out of your mind will come beautiful and, and godly things. We can compare our hearts with the heart of God, which looks a lot like this. John 3.16 says that, For God so loved the world, and with that world, you can replace it with your own personal name. That God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. So if you're looking at the mirror and saying, I've got the sin to deal with, and I've been trying it on my own, and I haven't included Jesus on this, this morning, fathers, is the perfect time to recognize that this is the day to change that. We talked about this just briefly with the children's sermon, but Galatians, a beautiful book written by Paul in the New Testament, says that the fruit of the Spirit is this, love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So when that is pouring out of your life, that's because you are pouring those things into your life. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians is a good book as well, also written by Paul. But here in the book of Philippians, we find this verse, chapter 3 verse 13, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things like a superhero, love, joy, self-control, <laughs> through Christ who strengthens, who gives us strength. And so fathers, as a demonstration of that, Average Joe was resurrected this week, riding his bike and his kids came out. And, uh, it's kind of fun riding through your neighborhood with a cape on. <clears throat> we walked out to this field and we took this picture to remind you that, yeah, we might seem like superheroes to our family, but are we superheroes because of our hearts and because of who God is? This morning you can be. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we call you that because you are our Father. You have adopted us as, as sons and daughters. You have sacrificed all. You have given all. You have loved us. And for that, we're thankful eternally. So with that, we're giving you our life as we were just singing. Dear Jesus, in the quietness of this moment and every moment to follow, may we put things in front of our minds, in front of our hearts, and, and from the TV, from the computer, from, from the world, from the restaurants, from from uh, billboards, from everything. May we put in front of our lives that which is true and right and just and noble and praiseworthy. Not something that's diluted, but something that's pure and holy. Because we are your sons and we are your daughters and you are our Father. Lord, we know that we can do all things through Christ. This kind of rolls off our tongue. 
But without you and your Holy Spirit, we can do nothing. We can look like vanity and we can look disgusting. Work in our lives. Forgive us, Lord, that we may serve you. We pray these things in your name. Amen. So with these words, I encourage you. It's not a hopeless, hopeless fight. But it's something that we can do every day. And that is to go be the church. Amen? Amen. You're dismissed.